1: All right, what's up, Las Vegas? Happy Friday. It is Pushing the Limits. I am so glad that you could join us on this beautiful Friday afternoon in the Valley. And uh, we're going to have some fun today. We are broadcasting everywhere, by the way. We are not just on the, on the AM dial, KSHB 1400, but uh, we are also on my Twitter page, which is Pushing Limits LV. The uh, Facebook fan page, of course, as well, uh, where you get to see my beautiful mug, of course, video. And audio. I mean, what, what more could you possibly want there, right? I mean, come on, let's be honest here. Anyway, uh, so glad you could join us. And we got a lot to get to today. We got some great guests lined up for you. Obviously, the Brittany Griner uh, situation, a little bit more information has come out, uh, in regards to how Joe Biden was able to get her out and bring her back home. Uh, more outcry from the extreme far right, angry. This guy, Waylon, how come he's not back? We're learning more information on that. Waylon actually spoke to CNN. We've got some audio to play for you here in just a couple minutes. We'll be talking a little bit about that as well. So a lot of news to get to. And coming up at the bottom of the hour, one of my favorite guests on this show, he's a former presidential candidate, former Chicago Congressman Joe Walsh will be joining us at the bottom of the hour. I want to get his thoughts on this whole Brittany Grinder situation. And, you know, Ocasio-Cortez is under investigation now. We'll talk to him about that. It seems like something that's pretty petty, but we'll talk to him about that. As well. And coming up in hour number two. Oh, my goodness. What happened to the Raiders yesterday? That was an embarrassment. What an abomination. First of all, you're playing against a quarterback. Mark Hayes. Mark, you can join me here for a minute. I mean, we're going to talk a little bit more about this later. I know you're a lot. Mark, you are a college Division one football player. You have a quarterback. And we're going to talk to Ron Futral from Channel 8. He was at the game. We're going to talk to him in hour number two about this. You have a quarterback that is t- one day to learn the playbook and outplays Derek Carr, and the Rams find a way to get downfield and score a touchdown within a minute, and they scored 14 points, by the way, in the fourth quarter. The Raiders score three points. Your playoffs picture, even though it's a long shot, are on the line, and you lose to the Rams when you're up 16-3, which it felt like it was the entire game they were up. That was an embar- another embarrassing loss for the Raiders, right?
2: Listen, Brian, the Raiders are who we thought they were. Right, They yeah. are who we thought they were. We got a little excited when they won three games in a <laughs> row. Yep. Everybody was like, yes, Raiders, 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 Raiders. <laughs> they are who exactly we thought they were. And Baker Mayfield, America loves a good story.
1: He's right? a good athlete.
2: He can play football. He's yeah. a first-rounder for yeah. a reason. And what happened is the Raiders went in there and looked past McDaniels getting ready for Belichick. Right. So they looked past Baker Mayfield and this great story. Right. Him one day made history— but that team is the same team that we thought they were before mm-hmm. they went on that.
1: Well, Derek Carr was Derek Carr was terrible yesterday. Uh, yeah. I mean, uh, the pick that he threw into the end zone.
2: It like he did it on purpose.
1: It, it. it looked like it was intentional. And I, yeah. uh, when I first saw it, I, I, I said to myself, okay, he must have been hit. And then I go back and I look at the replay. He wasn't hit at all. Like he threw it up there. It looked like there. it was intentional. Yeah. They I scored mean, that
2: it. touchdown there. That that game The game's over. The game is out of reach. So What what was that throw? Do you think he did it intentionally? I, I mean think I, he did it intentionally. I think he thought his receiver would be there to catch the ball and he just threw it up there for grabs. It looked like, like a Hail Mary. Like I mean, you plan throw up up. I don't understand
1: it. I mean, I don't understand the throw. I don't understand the play calling down the stretch. I don't understand McDaniels when he says over and over again, well, you know, we got to learn to win these close games. We got to learn to put games away. It's like, I'm sick of the excuses. I know they played some better football over the course of the last several games, but. Again, another game that you cannot lose when you when maybe you're in the playoff picture against a quarterback. Say what you want about Baker Mayfield; he's only had the playbook for 48
2: hours. And not even that long. Not even not that even long. that long. Four hours, right? Because when he first got there, they had to decide if he was going to even play because Wolford was going to set to play, and then right. he was healthy enough to play. You see, he played one series, right. but Baker Mayfield didn't know the playbook. They had spy play. If you watch, if you go back and watch, I went back late last night after the game. They had five designated plays. Right. They just changed the formation. And, and correct me
1: if I'm wrong, the Rams' defense is not great. No. Okay. This is not a good football team. Donald. No, the defense is terrible. Explain to me. I'm getting angry talking about this. <laughs> Don't get angry. Explain. They're, Josh McDaniel's raising my blood pressure. Explain to me the play calling and how conservative they were the whole game. They never took any shots
2: down the field. They thought it was a one half <laughs> game, they thought it was four, one half. Right, they won the game 13 right. 3, right? In the second half they scored three points on a team that I'm not sure who's better, who's worse. The Rams or the Raiders? The Raiders
1: Boy, that's sad. That
2: game last night. Cuz the
1: Rams are really bad. They
2: just showed that this team is exactly who was the 2 yeah. and what? 2 and 6, 2 and yeah. 7. They went 3 in a row, but crying and getting on the front of the podium and yeah. cr- he, took the, he needs to take the blame for that game. McDaniels and, and Carr. Carr need to say, look, that was on us. That was on me because I messed up. They scored three points, a team that's been
1: scored. The entire second points. half, yeah. The
2: entire second half to a Rams Pathetic. defense that was playing really on Band-Aids. Their whole team is banged up. Right. No quarterback. Yeah. They had to get somebody off. I almost say Baker Mayfield was on the street, right? He was a, he was a player that you just got off the street as yeah. far as one day – Bringing him in. You're right. And yeah. going, that's like somebody saying, Hey, Brian, I, I'm going to come <laughs> in and do your show tomorrow.
1: <laughs> Maybe somebody should. And
2: never have done it before and see how it turned out. Right. right. Like, and,
1: that's how Vegas Radio works, Mark. You didn't know that. No, that's that's no, how.
2: No, no, no. I'm telling you, i, didn't, I, didn't, I didn't got a, long, a lesson in two weeks of how to do you guys' show. You really got to. Be focused and yeah. really know what you're doing. And so Baker Mayfield, shout out to the Rams though. Baker Mayfield came Listen, in.
1: Listen, they're playing with nothing to lose, right? Mayfield and the Rams, they're playing with nothing to lose. So sure, I'll give them some credit, but the Raiders just, all they do they is shoot themselves in the away. foot. I got to tell you, man, it looked like they intentionally gave it away. They gave that game I, I, away. It, it looked like they did. And, uh, you know, you have the best receiver arguably in the NFL and he did absolutely nothing in this game. Yeah. You're taking no shots down the field. You're, you're taking too much time to get out of the huddle. Your defense is soft. I, I love Max Crosby. God love him. He's a phenomenal oh, player. Yeah. But play. for the most part, the Raiders' defense is extremely soft. You let them march down the field, go 95 yards, go 98 yards. What the hell is going on?
2: You couldn't get off the
1: field. I mean, this is an embarrassment. Yeah. It really is. Max Crosby, after the game, saying that you know he felt embarrassed, For he felt bad for the fans, you should. Yeah. It's not Max Crosby's fault. But I mean... I'm sorry. I- I've been saying this for years, and-, and I don't care. You know, They won a couple games, and people were getting a little excited. Derek yeah. Carr is garbage. I'm yeah. sorry. I've had it with this guy. He shows flashes of brilliance here and there. He is not a good quarterback. No. I'm tired of people making excuses about him. He'll have games where he has time to throw the ball, and he looks great. He is beyond inconsistent. He is a below-average quarterback now. Yeah. I'm ready to say that. Half the quarterbacks in the NFL are better than him. I'm sorry. I'm just going to say it right off the bat.
2: Last night. I've had That's it with crazy. this guy.
1: You can't beat the Rams on the road. Baker Mayfield outplayed your ass. Look at the stats. I mean, look at his quarterback rating. It was like ninety-two. Look at and and Derek Carr was under forty percent with his quarterback rating. Carr was trash yesterday. Mayfield played. Like a guy that had nothing to lose, and he's a better quarterback than than, than Derek Carr. No, last, night he was. last night he definitely was. He's more athletic than Derek Carr. Yeah. No. I just, I get you hear it in my voice. I'm just so frustrated because yeah. his team should be so much better than this. And I don't like Josh McDaniels. Yeah. I'm sorry, I just don't like him. When you lose a lot of close football games like Marcus Arroyo did right yeah. over the years it it's coaching a lot of it is coaching yes at some point you have to say players need to make plays i understand that but in any sport in crunch time situations you look at the staff and and they looked clueless out there the play yeah, calling game was nice. clueless in the second look, half
2: looked like they didn't know if they were playing practicing or if they was in a real game, they didn't even look like they showed up. They scored thirteen points out the gate, and everybody again got excited, right? They're like they're like the 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 first date, right? <laughs> you get yeah. excited, thinking you to go all the way, and you end up doing what the Raiders.
1: It looked did like last a preseason night. game. It looked like what you the know Raiders did last that's the thing. This wasn't a game that didn't mean anything, right? The Raiders could have still been in the playoff picture to 20 percent chance, maybe outside okay. chance. You have to win this game, right? It was a game, game that you have to win. That's what's so concerning about this. Listen, Derek Carr's not going to be on this team next year. Yeah. Mark Davis, this is his guy, Josh McDaniels. Derek Carr's not going to be on this team next year. After
2: last night, I was like, fire the whole staff. Like I Terrible. Let ba- a, a guy that did, he didn't even know, he, he didn't know nothing about the playbook. He had never even been in the Rams' building. Didn't even know and talk to McVay until Tuesday yeah. about the play calling. You got guys, like you just said, the whole season the Raiders been yeah. practicing and playing together. And you got a guy that come in off the cut, got cut by the Rams, uh, by the Panthers. He flies to L.A., right?
1: Immediately. <laughs> he flies to
2: L.A. Yeah. Physical. He got he to go through his pregame conditioning. He, need, he had to take a physical. He had to do all those different things before they can actually sign him. He gets the playbook Tuesday night. And here it is Thursday, second series, he's in the game and they win the game at the end. You
1: know know what gets me even more frustrated is that you you hear some of these guys, including McDaniels and some of these guys on the team, including even Max Crosby, I'm going to criticize. We played a pretty good football game. We just didn't finish it at the end. No, you didn't. I know you were up 16-3. to The score should have been 30-3. to You had plenty of other opportunities to put this game away. It wasn't just about the last couple minutes. Yes, the last few minutes of this game was an absolute catastrophe. yeah, Disaster. That's the word I would use. Yes. We all know that, but it's not like you looked great out there the whole game. Derek Carr couldn't throw a touchdown pass. He couldn't score a touchdown. It's not like, you know, and Josh... Perhaps the only guy out there that really performed well was Josh Jacobs. He was hurt. He had a couple injuries. He had the hand injury, had a hip injury, I believe. He still did everything he could to help it. That's, he's really basically, that's the only reason why the Raiders were winning this football game. Yeah. This was not a good football game. Forget about the last five minutes. They didn't look good out there. They looked
2: terrible. Yeah, they looked like, they, and it they really truly did look like a team that was two and five, two and six.
1: Yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised if the Patriots come in here next weekend and beat them too. I, I really.
2: That, video, that film? Yeah. And you see what, The Rams did, right? The worst team probably in football right now. Second to the Raiders. If you go and see what the Rams did against the Raiders last night and Carr and the play calling, the Raiders might not win another game. They might
1: not. If they play like You're right. The defense is soft. Say what secondary, you want
2: from the secondary. Only person on that defense plays.
1: And it's product. so inconsistent because the defense looked pretty darn good against the Chargers last week, <laughs> and they're so inconsistent. And and the reason why it's more frustrating is because you know they have the ability to play better. Maybe they much don't. better.
2: Maybe they don't. Then how do you explain? I mean,
1: they look pretty good against Maybe the Chargers. Don't, but I mean,
2: what did they? How did they look the first seven games? Right.
1: Not not great.
2: Take that and
1: yeah, totality. That's, you're that's right. that team. Yeah. right? Yeah.
2: Every now and then you can get a you can a team can in the National Football in college. You can get lucky in yeah. a couple of games. And I think those three games was kind of more of a luck. They were emotional. Perhaps. Emotionals. Perhaps. emotions then went down. If you lose to the Rams, Baker Mayfield, right, and the Rams, not, not, not Stafford and the Rams, but yeah. Baker Mayfield, who was playing last week this time, Baker Mayfield was practicing with Carolina. It's a joke. And he won 17-6. He drove all the way down the field. That defensive coordinator, maybe they need to fire him too and Dick McDaniels need to do something about a staffing issue as far as coaches that know how to coach and get rid of uh Derek Carr Sign Josh Jacobs. This team will be pretty good next
1: season. Yeah. I mean, I hope so, but I don't know how good a team could be when Josh McDaniels is your head coach. I'm sorry. I'm just going to be honest with you. I, with, even without Derek Carr and you put other people in, implement other people in there, I am not a Josh McDaniels fan. Not as a human being. I think he's a nice guy. It's, it's got nothing. It's not personal. It's just, I don't think he's a very good head football coach. Offensive coordinator. I'm all on board. Sign me up. Uh, but. Uh, as far as decision making down the stretch in some of these football games, when to go for it, when not to go for it, uh, when to be aggressive, when not to be aggressive. Uh, these guys can't even get out of the huddle. You know, it's just, it's, it's so frustrating to watch these games because you have the talent on the field. I truly believe that you do, do. but it's just, it's just from a standpoint of getting players in the right positions and executing plays and, and and the coaching staff, this team, this team has failed miserably in that category. So we'll have to wait and see what happens, but I was very Great. Ron Futrell from Channel Eight Sports was at the game in LA yesterday. Oh, they
2: looked flat. They didn't, yeah. they didn't even come out with no. Win. I mean, that for those, those first few points that they got. Uh,
1: but we've Ryan, seen that. That's
2: what I'm we've saying. We've seen that multiple that's, times that's this year. Kind of yeah. Automatic, right? They're right. Gonna, they're going to get some points. But you scored three points in the second half. So the Pathetic. whole second half, you scored three points on a team. Inexcusable. That is crutching around, yep. just trying to. Yep. They're just trying to. They're just trying to finish the game.
1: Inexcusable. Embarrassing or some of the words that I would use. It falls on, in my opinion, the entire coaching staff, not just Josh McDaniels oh, and Derek everybody. Carr. Derek Carr was miserable yesterday. Everybody. He is a miserable quarterback getting paid $40 million. Let's yeah. just call it what it is. Bring yeah. Colin Kaepernick in here for Christ's sake. I'll he take anybody been, over yeah, Derek, yeah, Carr. Yeah, I'll, better than Derek Carr. I'll then. take anybody over Derek Carr right now. I am sick of Derek Carr and I know he's a nice guy and I know he loves Raider Nation. And I, but, but that is irrelevant. That's, we're talking about getting it done on the field, not off the field. Yeah. He is not a good quarterback. I am tired of it. He shows flashes sometimes. He sucks. I'm sorry. I've had enough. Yeah. I've had enough. And I know people are going to disagree with me with that statement. I've had it with Derek Carr. I've had it. And, and yeah, that, that throw that he, that, that throw yesterday was indicative of his season. As far as I'm yeah. concerned, the throw that was picked in the end zone. Yeah. I mean, I've seen freshmen boys and girls basketball teams that can throw better passes than that. I mean, that was, that was uh, an, an embarrassing pass. You wouldn't see that in a, in a little league, uh, you know, a, a mini football league. I mean, I, you, uh, he just, he threw it up there with no velocity. It was a jump ball. Yeah. That's basically what it was. And- you can't do that. No. If you're a professional at any level, you can't do that. So
2: He threw it all up for right. grabs, so, and you see yeah. what happened. I mean, you're in the red zone, yeah. and you've been scoring points. This team has been scoring points the last three weeks. All right, Say what you want about the, the teams they played, yeah. but they've been scoring points, and you scored three points in the second half. That high horse, though, that everybody was excited. The Raiders, three games in a row, Raider fan. That's why I don't have one set team, because last night, if I'm a Raider fan— Ugh. I'm not I'm off that i I'm off that bandwagon, right? If I'm yeah, a Raider it's disgusting. fan disgusting. If you're a loyal Raider fan, last night was a real disgrace to not only Raider Nation, but also you let the yes. Rams.
1: I am mentally shut out. You let the um, Rams yeah, beat that you was... with
2: nothing against Baker Mayfield because he was you know, he's a first round pick. So like he said in his pre it's ball. It's still football, right? Yeah. You gotta play the game. It don't matter who's
1: yeah. the Well he uh, he had more not energy. Ball. He's a better athlete than Derek yes. Carr. And uh the Rams were excited to get that W, and rightfully so they should in the come from behind win. The Raiders giving giving up two touchdowns in the fourth quarter. Uh, again, inexcusable, disgusting, embarrassing. Ron Futrell, uh, from Channel 8 covered the game. He was out there in LA. He watched it live. So he's going to be joining us yeah. at 1.30 today <laughs> to, uh, to give his thoughts on it. But this is, uh, um, yeah, it really is a, a tremendous embarrassment, Raider Nation. And, uh, we'll talk more about it with Ron yeah. Futrell coming up oh, a little bit man. later on get the show, excited,
2: Mark. get your blood
1: Yeah, going it gets up. me angry. Don't let
2: it do that to you. Don't, like I said, yeah. hopefully you're not a Raider fan. Right, that's the thing. A,
1: a writer, I want right? them to succeed. I'm just, I'm just. It's well, just so local. Right? Yeah, I want them to succeed, and it gets my blood pressure don't let going. Your
2: blood pressure going because I don't. I know don't, well, CPR. Let's laugh. I know uh, CPR. Oh, uh, uh, you don't, don't want to give pass. me mouth
1: to mouth? No, you don't want <laughs> to mark. Don't
2: pass out. On you, <laughs> <me>. <laughs> you don't want to give
1: me. You don't want to give me mouth to mouth, Mark. Right? Uh, last person, you want to do blood that too? Pressure yeah. Just don't well, pass I'll tell you what. Let's laugh a little bit. Let's try to have some levity here. This will make you laugh a little bit. Changing the subject here. We'll get back to the Raiders in hour number two. We've heard about the respect for marriage act that uh, recently passed and uh really all this does is it gives people who are gay the right to marry one another and uh the supreme court can't can't go after it and and, and far right wing radicals can't go after it and uh it's a good thing at least to any in my opinion to any reasonable not mentally ill human being that uh, let men marry men let women marry women let people do what they want right i think most reasonable people would agree with me so There were some speeches on the House floor yesterday, and I want to play you one of them because you want to talk about somebody who is mentally ill. I'm talking about Republican Vicki Hartzler. She is obviously opposing this Respect for Marriage Act, which already passed, by the way. But uh, some had their last opportunity to to speak about this. I want you to listen to a very emotional, religious Republican, mentally ill, Vicki Hartzler, trying to get her constituents to vote against this bill. Have a listen to this.
3: Mr. Speaker, I'll tell you my priority. Protect religious liberty, protect people of faith, and protect Americans who believe in the true meaning of marriage. I hope and pray that my colleagues will find the courage to join me in opposing this misguided and this dangerous bill. I mean, I agree.
1: I mean, it's so dangerous. And I pray that gay people are not allowed to marry one another because, oh my God, I pray to Jesus, loudy loud, Jesus, please, my Republican constituents, please. It is an abomination to have two men and two women married. I mean, this is what this woman sounds like. She is mentally ill. And I say that to all of you. If it bothers you that much in your personal space, in your personal life, that a man is allowed to marry a man, or a woman is allowed to marry a woman, that you speak on the house floor and you start crying, then you need to see a therapist. I don't care what your religion is. And, you know, a lot of good Christians, at least they call themselves that, They want to say, no, we can't be judgmental of others. We have to accept others. Isn't that the opposite of what these Christians are doing? They're basically saying, if you're gay, not only are you a sinner, but we don't want to give you the same rights as somebody who is straight. That is the definition of being judgmental and judging others. Isn't that what Jesus told you not to do? This woman is mentally deranged. Now, if you don't believe in gay marriage, or you don't believe in that lifestyle, I'm not going to call you mentally ill. You're entitled to your beliefs. But here's the difference. They're your beliefs, not everybody else's beliefs. If you are one of those people that not only believes gay marriage is a sin and being gay is a sin, but you want to invoke those beliefs, and that's all that they are. They're your beliefs. That's all they are. They're not the beliefs of God or Jesus. You have no idea what you're talking about. You have no clue. You don't talk to God every day. You don't talk to Jesus every day. I don't care if you're a Bible thumper. I don't care what's written in a book. You have your beliefs, and I have mine. Stay away from me, and stay away from others. If they want to marry a man, marry a man. Now, Vicki Hartzler went on. When she wasn't crying and praying to God that this bill didn't pass, she actually went into detail. So let's dissect this real quick. This is Republican Vicki Hartzler after her losing her mind and, and getting emotional and crying. This is her continuing and going into detail why she's against this bill. Have a listen to this.
3: I rise to adamantly oppose H.R. 8404, the Disrespect for Marriage Act. This unnecessary, misguided legislation not only disrespects the importance of traditional marriage for the health of a family, but also disrespects people and organizations of faith who have the constitutional right to carry out their mission in accordance with their most deeply held beliefs. Obergefell is not in danger, but people and institutions of faith are. This hollow amendment provides no tangible protections for religious schools, no protections for faith-based adoption and foster care agencies, no protections for Christian businesses who contract with the government, and no protections for civil servants that justly believe marriage is just between a man and a woman. The bill's implications, submit to our ideology or be silenced. This is yet another step toward the Democrats' goal of dismantling the traditional family, silencing voices of faith, and permanently undoing our country's God-woven foundation.
1: All right, so Vicki Harsler is a complete moron. She's an idiot. Let me dissect her ridiculous and ignorant and stupid comments, okay? First of all, how does this disrespect marriage? It's the opposite marriage loving somebody wanting to spend the rest of your life with somebody how does it disrespect marriage why because a man wants to spend the rest of her life with a man or a woman wants to spend the rest of her life with a woman somehow that disrespects marriage that's the dumbest thing i've ever heard in my life that's number one uh two men or two women could love one another just as much as a man and a woman so that makes absolutely no sense it's not disrespecting marriage at all in fact i would say to the contrary um how does it not, how is it not able to carry out your mission? If you are straight or you're a religious nut like this woman clearly is and you're a woman and you want to marry a man or you're a man and you want to marry a woman, how, how is it taking away from your mission? It's not. You can do whatever you want. If you want to marry somebody of the opposite sex, you can do so. If you want to marry somebody of the same sex, you can do so. Nobody's telling you what to do. Nobody's forcing you what to do. Why should you do that to others? So she's again, a hundred percent wrong when she says, She's limiting the carrying out of our mission. What? Unless your mission is to treat people differently because of their sexuality, unless your mission is to judge people differently because of their sexuality, what the hell is she talking about? She's a complete idiot, and she's a nut. She's a religious nut, is what she is. And I can't stand it when some of these right-wing, ultra-right Christian idiots use a traditional family, a traditional family. Where do you get that statement from? Oh, tradition is you can't be gay. Is that what that is? Would a traditional family mean you can own slaves? Is that a traditional family also? Traditional family. Let me tell you what I think a traditional family looks like. Two good parents, both men, both women, man and woman, who raise children and do a good job in doing so, no matter what their sexuality is. That's what it should mean, traditional marriage. That is through the life of her ignorant, right-wing Christian lens, that a traditional family probably has to be white. A traditional family probably has to be man and woman as parents. In her eyes, that's what a traditional family is, but not everybody agrees with her. You're the one that's trying to invoke your beliefs on everybody else. Vicki Hartzler is a perfect example of these right wing Christian nut jobs who can't just do what they want to do, but they want to impose their will on others. They want to impose their beliefs on everybody else. It's wrong. It's judgmental. It's hateful. It's homophobic. You name it. Cross every check mark on the list. Vicki Hartzler is obviously not emotionally stable. Vicki Hartzler clearly is mentally ill, for her to cry on the House floor. Listen, if you want to cry on the House floor and talk about all the gun violence in this country and and, and our children being gunned down, I think that's very fair and warranted. If you want to cry on the House floor about poverty and how many people that are homeless in this country, I think that's very fair. If you want to cry and talk about how our democracy is being attacked, if you want to talk about January 6th or really any bit of violence in this country that is never warranted that is fair game and if she wanted to cry about those issues i would applaud her for her passion even if i disagree with some of her political beliefs but for her to be on the floor she's not crying about any of those issues no she's crying at the thought of men marrying men or women marrying women it's despicable it's disgusting and let me tell you something And I'll say this in closing, if you're one of those people that thinks being gay is a sin, I hate you. I hate you and I hate everything you stand for. You're the sinner. Make no mistake about it. Being gay isn't a sin. A man marrying a man, a woman marrying a man, that's not a sin. You're the sinner if you judge people because they're not like you. We're going to take a quick break and when we come back, former presidential candidate Joe Walsh is going to be joining us. I'll ask him a little bit about this bill. Of course, I want to ask him his take on Brittany Griner and Ocasio-Cortez now being investigated. What did she do wrong, if anything? We'll talk to Joe Walsh next. We'll take a quick break. We'll be back right after this. You're listening to Pushing the Limits right here on KSHP.
0: Everybody, are you struggling to find a pizza place that reminds you of Brooklyn? That true blue New York-style pie? Well, worry no more. Stallone's Italian Eatery Pizza is a knockout. We're located at 467 East Silverado Ranch Boulevard, just off of Brigham Road, half a mile east of South Point Casino, just minutes from the Las Vegas Strip. Come by and grab a slice of pie. Plus, check out our brooklyn inspired Italian cuisine. Our sandwiches are super hero, that is, because why be a sub? And you can be a hero. Stallone's Italian Eatery is here to serve you phenomenal food, Vegas. Forget about it.
1: Look, it's impossible for the average person to find a great attorney out there. There's so much misinformation. Now, let me introduce you to former Chief Deputy District Attorney Thomas Moskal. He was Las Vegas' top DUI prosecutor for years prosecuted the most high-profile DUI cases in Clark County. No one knows more about DUI law in Nevada. Just Google it. If you get charged with DUI, whether it's a misdemeanor or even more importantly, a felony, you need Thomas Moskal representing you, his relationships with the prosecutors and judges, and his knowledge of DUI law to work for you. So give him a call now or text him at 702-848-5555. It's your life and liberty that's at stake. Don't wait. Call now. That number again, 702-848-5555. Like you
4: killed someone.
1: All right. right. All right. Welcome back. It is Pushing the Limits on a Friday. So glad you could join us. Wow. What a busy news day, right? So much stuff going on. We just played you uh, uh, Republican Vicki Hartzler talking about the Respect for Marriage Act, uh, getting emotional, crying on stage. Uh, we know what took place. Brittany Griner has been sent home uh, back to the United States, uh, landed in San Antonio, Texas earlier today. That and, and, and so much more. I said, what better person to talk about some of these very important and uh, crucial issues in this country? And what better person than former presidential candidate? friend of the show. Always love having Joe Walsh join us. Uh, Joe, good to see you, my friend. Thank you so much for joining us again. How are you? My brother! Good <laughs> to be with you. Good to see you, Joe, as always. All right, let me start with this. What was your first reaction when you heard uh, Brittany Greiner uh, was freed? Uh,
5: rejoice. Uh, um, ecstatic. And uh, Brian, I'll be honest with you, I'm generally not someone who believes we negotiate with terrorists for hostages. But having said that, uh, kudos to the president for bringing her home.
1: Yeah, I agree with you. Uh, Obviously, we don't want this arms dealer out and about. We'd prefer that he was behind bars, right? So I agree with that sentiment. What would you say to the – there are people on the far right, as you know, Joe – uh, that are going after Brittany Griner, saying she hates the country. I, I don't think because she took a knee or refused to leave the locker room for the National Anthem, she hates the country. I don't like it when people say that. I don't think you've ever said that. But what do you make of so many people on the far right that are making claims like that?
5: Brian, you're too nice to me. Uh, there might have been a time or two when I said crap like that. But no, that, that that's every bit as American as waving the flag, right? Burning the flag is every bit as American as meeting during the anthem that's that's what we honor and celebrate is individual freedom but this plays in right-wing media coming from right-wing media i know that well
1: yeah and to me i guess it's not a shocker what do you make of this guy whalen obviously he served this country and this is a, a difficult circumstance for him and he and his family are like well wait a second Brittany Griner has been released what about what about our guy you know who served this country honorably what do you make of that situation
5: well, first off, uh, yeah, he is our guy. He's an American. But Brittany's our gal, too. Uh, she's an American. It's like, Brian, it's like I, I, I think I tweeted this and I said this on a TV show yesterday. I felt all day yesterday that I had to remind all of us that Brittany Griner is an American. She's an American just like you and me. So is Paul Whalen. Uh, my, my God, are we so divided as a nation— that we can't celebrate the return of an American. Um, Look, I take Biden at his word that the Whalen situation is a hell of a lot lot more complicated. uh, And I take Biden at his word that he's working on it.
1: Why is it that there are so many Republicans out there that they hate Joe Biden so much that they think that it was a choice, that it was, you know, it's eeny, meeny, miny, moe. And I'm going to take Brittany Griner over Whalen. Because, some, you know, she's a minority and she's gay. There are actually a lot of Republicans that believe that. I, I'm not a Republican or a Democrat, but I don't believe that. I, I believe Joe Biden when he says this was the offer put on the table and Putin uh, and, and the Russians are dealing with Whalen and, and this case much differently than Brittany Griner.
5: The base of my former party, as you and I have said, is radicalized. Look, there's hate and division on both sides. Uh, Man, it's it's off the charts on the right right now. It's not that you're my political opponent. It's not that I disagree with you. It's that now you're my enemy. I want to bury you. I want to destroy you. That is a really prevalent attitude now uh, among the Republican Party base and it's dangerous.
1: So, Joe, I agree with you what you said earlier. You know, I'm not happy with this arms dealer uh, being out. Uh, I don't think anybody should be happy about that. But here's what I say, and you can tell me whether you disagree or not. The term is hypocrisy, right? Donald Trump, as you know, Joe, released 5,000 Taliban terrorists. Now, I'm sure he didn't want to do that, but I'm sure he had reasons for doing that. But many of these Republicans out there that have a problem with this arms dealer being uh, freed, and that's fine. They kept quiet when Donald Trump released 5,000 terrorists. How could they have any credibility?
5: Uh, they don't. <laughs> <laughs> they don't. Uh, look, I and I'm not the only one who has said this, but because I come from Trump world and I voted for him in 16 and his people were my people, uh, it, it is a cult. It really, really is for a large segment of of the party base. And a big rule in a cult is the cult leader can never do wrong, ever do wrong. And so they can't admit that. I mean, I actually yesterday had a bunch of Trump supporters firing at me all day trying to excuse Trump for not bringing Waylon home. I mean, remember Waylon was arrested and jailed in Russia in 2018. Right. I literally had a Trump supporter tell me, quote, Trump wasn't president in 2018. You're kidding me. Trump wasn't president in 2018 he said with a straight face
1: well that's that's pretty stupid but anyway isn't that trump's base right i mean that's trump's base today i'm sorry i say it joe uh uneducated people at this point if you're still a trump supporter i don't think you're very intelligent if you're just joining us he is intelligent former presidential candidate joe walsh joining us right now on the line so i know you spoke about this with abrams i believe yesterday if i'm not mistaken about this ocasio cortez investigation can you share with us what this investigation is all about because to me anyway it sounds a bit petty What, what what is your take on this?
5: Uh, it does sound petty. Um, it, it's, it's about when when AOC last year went to the Met Gala uh, and she was given a ticket uh, and she she borrowed a really fancy dress. So two conservative groups filed a complaint. It, it seems pretty straightforward to me, right, that that um, members of Congress can go can receive tickets to charitable events as long as the charity directly invites them. That's clear. The Met directly invited her. She borrowed the dress. She didn't keep it. New York City officials typically go to this event, right? Because this is a major New York City cultural institution. But again, part of the tribal nature we're in here, you're always trying to go gotcha on high profile members of the other party.
1: Yeah. I wanted to uh, ask you, uh, again, another Donald Trump question, but you know what he said about, uh, you know, our Constitution. He wants to abolish parts of it. Uh, What was your take on that? Is this guy even taking it farther than he usually does now? Because it seems like he's unraveling by the day.
5: No, no, (laughs) I disagree with you. No, this is this is this is him from day one. So and, and I know you're not, but no one should be shocked, dismayed or surprised. By anything he says. But I will remind everybody listening to us right now. uh, Give me another name. Come on, tough guy. Give me another name. Right now, Trump's the odds on favor to be the Republican Party nominee in 24. I don't see that changing.
1: So, Joe, let's go there. Uh, Six months ago, I would have told you if Trump ran against uh, Biden, I think Trump would have a decent chance. I actually think Biden is in a better situation now than he was in 2020. I know there's a lot of Republicans out there dislike Biden. He's gotten a lot done in the last six months, and I know that's hard for some Republicans to uh, equate and admit. I think if, if the election was tomorrow, Biden wins in a landslide. That's just my personal opinion. Do you disagree? I don't.
5: Uh, but if the election were held five or six months ago, Trump might have won. So Correct. I don't know what it's going to look like in five or six months. Um, I, I, I do know that Trump... Um, is very strong still in the Republican Party. And I do know, and I want to remind every Democrat listening to us, Biden didn't win in a landslide. Um, Look, I'm a rare conservative who'd like to get rid of the Electoral College. It ain't happening by 24. Joe Biden won by about 70,000 votes in three states. Everybody listening to us needs to understand uh, that that the Democrats this is not automatic that they would beat trump or any other republican in 24
1: agree i don't think it's automatic i just think joe biden and i think we agree is in a better position now than maybe yeah. he was six months ago but no i agree with you hundred percent i don't think it's automatic I, I don't trust people that vote i'm sorry i just don't i'm not saying i don't trust i don't want to sound like Kerry lake i i trust the democratic process i guess i just don't trust a lot of republicans doing the right thing uh but i want to ask you a little bit about uh the respect for a marriage act uh, We might disagree on this, but fundamentally, I think we'll agree that, you know, let people do what they want. Right. I don't want the government involved in marriage. What do you make of all the Republicans out there that voted against this bill? And if you were still in Congress, how would you have voted?
6: Oh,
5: my gosh. Uh, yes. I, obviously, uh, my friend, I would have voted for it. I mean, I, I'm, I'm struck by my former political party. Uh, I kept saying to myself the other day, it's 2022. It's the year 2022, and the House of Representatives still feels like they have to pass legislation to protect same-sex and interracial marriage. In the year 2022! So, so how out of touch right, is my former party on a basic issue of freedom like this? It's no surprise that young people don't vote Republican.
1: Yeah. And let's dig deeper into this for a moment, because as I said in the first segment, listen, I would imagine maybe you're one of those people, which I respect. If you don't believe in that lifestyle or your religion, you know, you don't believe in, in, in two men or two women getting married that you're entitled to your belief, but just don't infringe on other people. That's all I ask. Do you, right? Uh, are you one of those people where you're, you're not necessarily, you don't agree with the lifestyle, but you don't want no, to tell other no, people what to do. No, no. And I, I know I'm a, I'm a
5: crazy Tea Party conservative, my friend, <laughs> but on, a, on most of this social stuff, I'm very libertarian. Live and let live. Right. I, I'm, I'm like Barack Obama. Whew, I've never said that. I'm like Hillary Clinton. Let's remember this whole same-sex marriage thing. It's come like this. The world has changed like this. I said Obama and Hillary cuz 15 20 years ago Obama and Hillary opposed same-sex marriage. Yeah. Um when I was in Congress 10 years ago I opposed same-sex marriage. I've never opposed a lifestyle, but like like many Democrats I've gotten with it enough, move on. It's the law of the land, happy for them. This is a fight, but 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 there's a there is a sizable contingent of Republicans that hasn't moved on from this and they're still fighting it.
1: Amen. Yeah, I'm with you on that. Uh, so, Joe, there, I, I had a controversial filmmaker on the show a few days ago. Uh, he did a documentary about Michelle Obama. He seems to think, as do many others that I've talked to, that eventually Michelle Obama is going to announce that she's running for president. Now, I think that's Republicans' worst nightmare because I think she would defeat just about anybody on the right. So that's my first question. Do you, do you believe that Michelle Obama will run for president in 2024? And if she does, can you name me one Republican that can beat her?
5: No, and no. Hmm. No, I don't think she'll ever run for president, but I agree with you. If she did ever run for president, I can't think of one Republican that could beat her.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm with you on that one. Um, last question going back to Brittany Griner. I've said that and by the way, yep. by the way, to, to your question, my sure. friend, yep. we still live in a culture
5: where I like the idea of people from outside of politics running for office. Mm -hmm. Uh, I I know post Herschel Walker, there are some celebrities (laughs) that have no business running for office. But I got no problem with actors and actresses, businessmen and women, celebrities throwing their hat in the ring. I think generally that's a good thing. And I think a lot of Americans want that. Because you and I have never talked about this, because the Republican Party is so messed up. Right. Look, I'm sick of politicians in both parties, yeah. and I think I, I think I think most Americans who identify as independent now are tired of both parties.
1: I'm with you a hundred percent. You just open up a can of worms. I didn't even ask you about Herschel Walker, but uh, I'll ask you this: Is it daunting to you that you had, even if you don't like Raphael Warnock, you don't like his policies? I get that. Look at all the people that voted for Herschel Walker. I mean, to me, that's just astounding. What, what do you make of that? It was pretty close. What do you make of all the people that wanted Herschel Walker representing them?
5: Well, it's Georgia. Let's remember it's Georgia. Georgia's not a blue state yet. Every one of these states is different. And it's and it's look, it's it's the Republican Party now. It's my team. I don't give a damn who the candidate is. It's my team.
1: Damn it. Yeah. Will you, uh, if Donald Trump obviously is, is running for office again, and he probably will be the front runner. A lot can happen between now and 2024. But I would assume that if it is against Joe Biden or any Democrat for the most part, you will vote for the Democrat over Donald Trump. Is that, is that a fair assumption to make?
5: Yeah. I said, I said somewhere else earlier this week, my friend, that I'm, I'm a proud Tea Party libertarian conservative. Uh, and I think for the rest of my life, I will be in this position where I am working my ass off to help get Democrats elected because those guys over there, my former party, are a real direct threat to our democracy. So this is going to continue to be me for some time.
1: Last question, Joe. Last time you were on our show, you had made the statement. That if Donald Trump is elected president in 2024, you will consider leaving the country. I posted that on social media, and it got a lot of reaction. Is there anything else you want to add to that? Because I would imagine you're being very genuine, as you always are, and you're being honest. Uh, and you still believe that if if Donald Trump is our president in 2024 and he wins, you might not be living in this country anymore.
5: Um, I believe I'd have to leave. Uh, I wouldn't feel safe. Um, I know that uh, he has a list of people uh, who he would exact revenge on. Um, And suffice to say, I I wouldn't feel safe living in this country because of that. Absolutely.
1: I understand why you would make that statement, my my friend. Joe Walsh, you are always one of my favorite guests. I'm going
5: to move to Portugal and run to be the president of Portugal. Damn
1: it. Can I be your vice president?
5: oh yes god yeah
1: let's do it i would absolutely get on the ticket with joe walsh are you kidding me i jump on that opportunity maybe the communications director i don't know if i'm fit for being a politician but joe uh i always appreciate it as you know when you come on this show you're you're one of my favorites uh and uh i hope you have a great weekend my friend i appreciate your honesty as always and we'll talk to you soon okay if i don't talk to you before the holidays have a great uh new year's and uh great christmas okay my friend
5: you as well. Great radio. Thank Th- you, brother.
1: Thanks, Joe. Appreciate you. Uh, it's always great radio because I have Joe Walsh on. Let me be very clear on that. Joe Walsh is the best. Um, God, I love that guy. I really do. And uh, if he ran for office ever again, I would be the first one in line to vote for him. Uh, I-, I love him to death. I really do. I love his honesty. How about that? There's a man who in, in 2016 was uh, –
3: The civil authorities have issued an avalanche warning for NUCA, beginning at 12.47 p.m. Friday, December 9th, and ending at 12.47 p.m. Saturday, December 10th. Storms this week weekend avalanche warning for Glacier Lodge Road area. Be prepared for impassable roads.
1: Um, who is a prisoner in Russia... Uh, claims his innocence. It appears as though he is an innocent man. He was given this hard drive, uh, thought it was something else, uh, and he was accused of espionage. It's a whole mess. It's an innocent man who served this country honorably, and now he's wondering, what about me? You let Brittany Griner out, what about me? I understand why he would think that way. So this guy, Waylon, uh, actually did an interview with CNN, and I want to play you a little bit of that interview now before we get to the calls. at 702 Two two one seven two eight three. So this is Waylon, who was interviewed yesterday by CNN. This is... always... Here we go. Go ahead.
6: Considered me to be at a higher level um, than other criminals um, of my sort, and um, for whatever reason, uh, I'm treated differently than another. Um, Individual here from a Western country that's also on a charge of espionage. So even though we're both here for espionage, um, I'm treated much differently than he is. And my treatment is also much different than um, others held for espionage at other prisons. I would say that if um, a message could go to President Biden that, um, you know, this is a precarious situation that needs to be resolved quickly and um, I would hope that he and his administration would do everything they could to get me home um, regardless of the price they might have to pay at this point.
1: So I feel for Mr. Whalen. It's a horrible situation. I feel for his family. It's terrible. Sadly, there are Americans that are prisoners in some of these evil murderous regimes Across the world, really. And I I understand why he would feel the way he feels. I understand his frustration. I can't imagine the pain and suffering he and his family are going through on a daily basis. With all that being said, I believe Joe Biden when he says he's doing everything he can and his administration is doing everything they can. And it's interesting because Joe Walsh said something interesting. You know, Donald Trump was our president in 2018. He had a couple of years to get this guy out. Why didn't he do it? Now, I accuse Donald Trump of a lot of different things, but never have I said that Donald Trump didn't care about, you know, prisoners of war or, uh, you know, Americans that are unjustifiably behind bars in this case in Russia. I've never accused him of that because, first of all, it makes politicians look pretty damn good when you can get one of these guys out and bring him home. I don't blame Donald Trump for this. I certainly don't blame Joe Biden and his administration for this either. Joe Biden made it pretty clear that the Russians, and particularly Vladimir Putin and his evil, murderous regime, are treating Wayland's case very differently than the way they treated Brittany Griner's case. Now, listen, I've been very outspoken about Brittany Griner. She made a terrible mistake. And while in this country it's not much of a mistake at all because we have very different laws here, thank God – Very stupid what she did. I'm not defending that with the drug paraphernalia she had on in Russia. Couldn't have happened at a worse time, by the way. What she did was very stupid, and she put America in a very dangerous position. And now we have this arms dealer that is on, you know, I shouldn't say on the loose. He's freed. Nobody's trying to get him. She put this country in a very bad spot. And while she was completely mistreated, and I'm glad she's home, she needs to be apologetic, and she needs to get in front of the cameras when she's ready and admit what she did and try to teach and preach to other athletes not to make the same mistake that she made. She paid the ultimate Well, maybe not the ultimate price, but she paid a very heavy price. Thank God she's home. I'm happy for her and her family. She does not hate America If you're a racist nitwit, that's what you say. She hates the country. Isn't that what all these white supremacists, many of them Republicans across the country, were saying when Colin Kaepernick was taking a knee, when all these athletes were taking a knee? Oh, they all hate America. If you listen to right-wing echo chamber radio, they all hate America. All these uh, you know minorities that are taking a knee during the national anthem, she's not even coming out of the locker room. They all hate America. Well, no, you're an idiot. They don't all hate America that's wrong that's incorrect they are raising awareness when it comes to racial equality and if you weren't so caught up in your racism you would understand that the number to call if you want to be a part of the conversation is 702-221-7283 and again that number if you want to be a part of the show now's the time to do so 702-221-7283 let's go to john john what's going on my man how's it going
4: brian my man hey yesterday's show was tremendous uh thank you it was uh, Anthony Curtis, and uh, that's the first time I ever heard of that uh,
1: Krakenberger. Yep,
4: Krakenberger guy. He's uh, he was great too.
1: Thank you. Yeah, they're great people.
4: But hey, uh, <clears throat> you know me. I'm a proud liberal Democrat. I'm a huge WNBA fan. Uh, ah, boy, I I don't like this uh, Brittany Griner uh, uh, exchange at all. You don't? No. Oh. No. Tell I think me why. Uh, the WNBA was putting a tremendous amount of pressure on Biden, and I think he caved. I think it sets up a horrible precedent. Uh, If I was an American athlete with uh, any sort of celebrity, if I was a WNBA player, I would never go to Russia again. I... I um, and, and, I would be afraid to travel internationally because you can just get scooped up And the, and the, in the WNBA and the players, they trumped it up. So, John, made it,
1: so, John, uh,
4: made it I, it's a high pressure, uh, situation that the Biden capitulated. Yeah.
1: So, so, John, I respect that opinion. And I want to be very clear on a, a very important distinction that I think you're aware of that I'm trying to make. There are a lot of people like yourself that don't like this deal. Not because Britney Griner's gay. Not because she's a black woman. Not because she didn't want to stand during the national anthem. People like you don't like the deal because as you say, it sets a bad precedence and you're getting rid of this, you know, you're freeing this arms deal. While I don't 100% agree with you, I respect that opinion. The people that I'm going after, as you know, are the people that don't like Brittany Griner and they say she hates America because she's a black gay woman? Those are the people that I'm going after. You see the difference, you're going,
4: right? You're going after the bigoted, retarded Republicans of which uh, you're going after Trump's base,
1: right. basically. Right, right, right. Um, now, listen, it's an interesting point that you bring up. Obviously, in a perfect world, I would like this arms dealer to remain behind bars. Now, let me ask you another question. As a Joe Biden supporter that you are, do you believe that Joe Biden is telling the truth? when he says this wasn't a tit-for-tat and, you know, choose Griner or Whalen, that their only choice was Griner. Do you believe him when he says that?
4: Putin's not an idiot. I mean, it was clear. It, it was a political stunt, man. He just did it because he was getting a lot of heat from the WNBA and that whole, you know, the, 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 the LGBTQ community and so on. And, and the, Look, at the end of the day, net-net. <clears throat> We got a bag of weed for, uh, uh, you know, a, a bunch of arms, a bunch of illicit, illegal arms are going to be used to kill people. Right. And when the first innocent person dies because this arm dealer's out and he arms bad guys and they kill an innocent child, are you going to mourn that child? Are you going to forget about it? Are you going to bury your head in the sand and you're yeah. going to go to... WNBA games and root on Brittany Griner.
1: Oh, I, John, that's, you make a horrible trade. John, you make valid points. Uh, I understand why you would hold that position. I really do, and I respect it. Uh, we don't totally disagree, but I understand where you're coming from, my man, and, and I do appreciate you calling in, John. And I hope you have a great weekend. Okay.
4: Great show, Brian. All
1: right, thanks, John. I appreciate that. Listen, John's not alone. I respect that opinion, right? I do. John is coming from a place of. I don't hate Brittany Griner. She's a nice person. She made a mistake, but I don't agree with the trade. Right? I don't. I don't think it was a good deal. And I've had other people on my social media make that claim. I respect that opinion, even though I don't entirely agree with it but i also agree with a lot of what john said i do believe that joe biden did this partly because of the pressure that the wmba and the lgbtq community were putting on him i don't disagree with that i think that's a very fair opinion to have and there's no question in my mind that if Brittany grinder wasn't a celebrity which she is she probably would still be behind bars and that's partly the reason why this guy whalen is still behind bars but that's not just a joe biden problem right that's an american problem doesn't matter what president you are. Donald Trump had opportunities to try to get Whalen out. He was the president for a couple of years when Whalen was behind bars. He wasn't successful. So if you're going to go after Biden, you got to go after Trump for the same reasons. But I think John is correct. Joe Biden did get a lot of pressure from different entities, the WNBA being one of them. He's absolutely right. There's no question about that. And I think it's a little naive for anybody to think that. You know, the only reason why Brittany Griner was out was because that was the choice they had. I think a, a, a large portion of it is her celebrity status and how big of a case this was. I'll tell you what I'm glad we didn't see. You remember Otto Warmbier, right? The poor kid who who was murdered out there in North Korea. He was murdered. And Donald Trump wanted a, a you know, a slap on the back. Job well done. You brought back uh a corpse basically. And I hate to say it like that because that's the truth. That's what Donald Trump brought back. At least we got back a healthy Brittany Griner. Let this be a lesson. And I hope Brittany Griner takes this opportunity while to be grateful to be an American, which I'm sure she is, and to be grateful to the Biden administration, which I'm sure her and her family are. She needs to explain to people the mistake that she made in detail. She needs to own it. And I'm not talking about in a Russian court. I'm talking about eventually when she talks to the media, she has to own the mistake she made. Admit that she put this country in a very uh, peculiar and difficult situation. Understand that because of her actions, we have a very dangerous man that has been released from prison that can be responsible for the deaths of many people. She needs to own that. She needs to understand that. And I want her and her family every day to talk about this guy Whalen and get him out of there. Because it is their duty and their responsibility now. That is what I want to see from Brittany Griner moving forward i'm happy she's home i don't think she's a bad person she made a terrible mistake and she put this country in a tough spot all right here's what we're going to do ladies and gentlemen we're going to take a quick break you want to talk about you know we were just talking about raiders football uh with mark and and the the embarrassing loss in la yesterday now we're learning exactly who might have leaked john gruden's emails oh yeah we have information for you who is the person that released these emails The who, what, when, where, and why. Well, we have the information for you. We're going to share that for you coming up next. We'll take a quick break. We'll be back right after this. You are listening to Pushing the Limits right here on KSHP.
3: All
1: right. Welcome back. You know, it's the second hour. I'm going to try to, uh, it's a Friday, man try to take it easy a little bit here we talk about all these serious issues on this show at times it can get a little stressful man but you know we could just we could just knock on the Raiders this hour you know that's fine anyway welcome back to the show coming up at the bottom of the hour Ron Futrell Channel 8 Sports he was at the Raiders game in LA yesterday what the hell happened there what a monumental collapse we'll talk to him about that coming up here in just a little bit and as I mentioned there's some new information out uh, John Gruden's emails uh, who leaked those emails? Well, we're getting some information now on who might have done that. We've heard speculation, and now we're getting that. I want to tell you guys about uh, one of my favorite gaming bars in town. What am I saying? One of my favorite gaming bars. It is my favorite gaming bar in town. You know, we had Bill Krakenberger in here yesterday. Anthony Curtis, professional gamblers. Uh, Anthony Curtis is a regular at Jackson's. As am I, by the way. Uh, they're located at Flamingo and Jones, and uh, every Sunday you earn 200 points, you get a $50 in free play. Mondays you earn 200 points and get a free bottle of wine. Uh, Tuesdays, 10 times points all day. Some restrictions do apply. Great food, great atmosphere, great people. Also, a pretty darn fun place to watch a Vegas Golden Knights game as well. So please check them out. Tell them I sent you. Jackson's Bar and Grill, located at Flamingo and Jones. So, the House Oversight Committee has released its findings in a report in regards to the Washington Commanders, formerly known as the Washington Redskins. Toxic workplace scandal gave answers and insight to another controversial moment in recent NFL history. I am talking about the Las Vegas Raiders and John Gruden. Oh yeah, that's right. Just over a year ago, as you know, the Las Vegas Raiders head coach, John Gruden, resigned from his position after emails of homophobic slurs he used Related to the media so who was the source who released it who had an axe to grind with john gruden who would do such a thing now listen i'm not defending john gruden his statements were horrific you don't think women and i'm paraphrasing here but he didn't think women should be uh referees in the nfl he made constant homophobic comments statements you don't want to make from anybody that represents your business unless you're just a bigot. So make no mistake about it. Before I reveal who leaked these emails, John Gruden did this to himself. First of all, you did the dumbest thing you can do as an adult. You put it in ink. In passing, you didn't make a homophobic slur. That would be bad enough. You put it in emails. How stupid of an individual do you have to be? Now, before I say who did this, I'm going to share with you a very personal story. And I'm going to share with you a story that I've never shared on the radio. And it involves my, my career and a mistake that I made. And then I'll get back to the Gruden thing, but it, it, it speaks to saying something in ink and it could always get back to somebody. This was about, I was a young, stupid, well, I'm still young and stupid. You can make that argument, but I was a young, stupid kid in my mid twenties. I'd only been in radio for about, eh, Four or five years. I didn't like my general manager. It has nothing to do with Mark Hayes, by the way. (laughs) Nothing to do with Mark. I wasn't here at KSHP. This was not a very well-liked guy. I wasn't alone. We all would talk smack about our general manager behind closed doors. He was arrogant. He was a jerk. He mistreated people. And this was a large company that I worked for. And I was a reporter at the time. I was a news reporter. I always knew that there were a few people that I worked with that, I don't know if they they had envy of me or they were jealous of me, but I was on the air a lot and they weren't. So I always knew there were a few people there that were kind of, had an accident. You know, you work in whatever field you're in, you're always going to have some people that could be backstabbers, right? Or that person that you say, you know what, that person I don't trust in that, you got to be careful what you say around that guy. There's always that somebody, right? Okay. So in a private Facebook chat, With another program director in town, who I'm still friends with to this day, we were having what I thought was a private conversation on Messenger on Facebook. And it was about my general manager at the time. I didn't say anything crazy. I think the worst thing I said was, yeah, he's kind of an a-hole. That's the worst thing I said. That was it. Like I didn't go, I didn't say, I'm gonna kill this guy or I'm gonna I'm gonna invade his house. Obviously, I would never say something like that, but I'm just to give you context. I never said anything that bad. The worst thing I said was he's an a-hole. That's the worst thing I said. Well, it turns out I must have left my Facebook page open without closing it. Or my Facebook was already logged into. You know, sometimes you're on a computer and someone else could log into your stuff. The person who I worked with that I didn't really trust, and I didn't really know a lot about that at the time, was the person who was a news anchor after me. He used the same computer that I used. He found that chat. He went into my Facebook account. He printed out that chat, and he left it and gave it to our general manager. <laughs> so um that was a very difficult situation for me. The program director at the time calls me into his office, which is usually never a good thing. He said, hey, Brian, you know, I'm just letting you know, I don't really have a problem with this. No, we feel the same way. But this got in the hands of the general manager. He came into my office and said, hey, this is kind of interesting. Look at this. So the program director gave me advice. He said, you probably should talk to him. So that was a very awkward conversation. I go in there. I talk to the general manager. I say, listen, man, it was in jest. I apologize. He kind of made a joke and he actually handled it pretty well. He said, "Brian, I didn't think you knew me that well to call me an asshole." That's what he said to me. And, and but we kind of like laughed it off. So I was actually impressed. And by that that day moving forward, I didn't feel that way about him anymore because I was really impressed with the way he handled it. And, uh, I appreciated that about him, that he kind of joked it off. I thought I might get fired. and Instead, it was the opposite. He was actually more friendly to me afterwards. Hey, Brian, how's it going? How you doing? You're even would compliment me. You're doing a good job on the air. I had a lot more respect for him after that, the way he handled that situation. He didn't take it personal. He just said, well, this is kind of interesting. And we kind of laughed it off. And we actually had a better relationship after that. So it backfired on the guy. By the way, that guy who did that to me, who printed out that conversation, was fired six months later. Um, I sent him a message in ink and I said, I just wanted to say thank you for printing that out and sending it to the GM. My relationship with him couldn't be better. So I appreciate it. Uh, that guy's never been in radio since. So I got lucky is what I'm trying to say. The general manager took it to, you know, well, as well as he could have. We joked it off. Um, uh, I don't even think he works in Vegas anymore, but I got lucky, but I learned a lesson that day. Sometimes Brian learns lessons as he gets older. Be careful with who you're talking to and be careful with what you write in ink because if you write something in ink, it's there forever. Even if you tweet something and then you delete it, all somebody has to do is take a a a screenshot of it and it's in ink. It's there forever. And I learned ever since that day, if you want to say something to somebody or you want to say something that could be controversial Do not put it on the internet because it can stay with you for the rest of your life. People have lost jobs, things that they've said 10, 20, 30 years ago, and they've lost their jobs because of it. You have to be very careful. It's the day and age that we're living in today. Now, why do I tell that story? And by the way, I have never had any incident even close to that since. I'm very careful at times. Now, I might call somebody a buffoon or you're an idiot, but that's different. When it comes to personal situations, whether it be bosses or people you work with, Uh, You have to be careful. So I learned that day and I'm one of the lucky ones. I didn't lose my job. Like I said, the general manager took it very well. The program director took it very well. I was very grateful for that. And I'd also like to think the reason why they reacted was I did a pretty good job. I was a good employee. I never had any issues, right? I never was written up for anything. I can't recall a time I was ever written up in my life for anything. Uh, While I was working, I think when I was 16 years old, I worked in a health spa and I forgot to uh, fold the towels. I think I might have been ri- I might have been written up for that when I was 16 years old, but I was very lucky that day. What John Gruden did is it, 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 that when I'm talking about writing things in ink now I've never used homophobic slurs and, and, and downgraded people because of their sexuality. I would never talk like that the way John Gruden talked about women in sports and and referees. it was awful. So the point I'm trying to make is John Gruden should have known better. He did this to himself, but I can tell you right now, John Gruden ain't going to be talking to Dan Snyder anytime soon because the person apparently who leaked these emails is Dan Snyder. Now that was rumored, but we didn't know for sure. Now we do. Snyder was revealed as the anonymous source in the House Oversight Committee's 79-page report that was released yesterday. So this isn't like hearsay. This is the Oversight Committee. We know that they're telling the truth. The emails were leaked October 2021, just about the start of the investigation where former team president Bruce Allen was about to testify. A day before Allen's testimony, the emails were leaked. Interesting timing, huh? Of course, Gruden's the brother of the former Washington head coach Jay Gruden who's filed a lawsuit against the NFL for breaking the emails to the Wall Street Journal and defaming his character. But now Gruden will almost certainly add Snyder to the list of people that he has a grievance with. So Gruden might have a case. I don't know. I'm not an attorney. We'll get Thomas Moskal in studio next week and I want to ask him about this. But some of you might be asking, why would Dan Snyder release this? Why would he do that? Well, He was in a lot of trouble himself, his organization in a lot of trouble. I think what he wanted to do is he wanted to kind of pass the torch, so to speak, for lack of a better term, to kind of take the pressure off of his organization. Mark, I don't know if you... uh, agree with me on that or not but that's kind of my take on this whole thing i think Schneider did it because he wanted to take the heat off himself do you agree do you agree with that
2: yeah i agree with that a hundred percent um i've been kind of following the story you know you get bits and pieces but i right. looked that the transcripts of the whole thing and uh you know dan snyder i i mean i'm i'm still just kind of applaud appalled by why they haven't yeah to put him in a position. Again, sometimes you get the, the scapegoat, and I think John Gruden was the scapegoat. He did say some things in email. He did say some things that probably was not right that he should have been saying. But uh, here is Dan Snyder leaking that, and his organization right now is under turmoil, and the NFL also should be to blame because they didn't even take the full responsibility of uh, disciplining. Dan Snyder, but they took quick and swift action with John Gruden when he resigned, and there's a slim chance John Gruden may not coach in the national football I don't
1: think he ever will. And And you know why? Because of the lawsuit.
2: Yeah, and that to me is almost like, okay, let's put the heat on Gruden, you know, kind of like get the small fish instead of Dan Snyder, who was the big big fish. And I think Dan Snyder, even though he transferred ownership into his wife, yeah. (laughs) We don't know who's still running that team, right? And by, I'm not surprised by that. I I think this was more of a okay. Here's, I'm gonna, I'm gonna hand you guys Gruden, right, and take a little maybe heat off myself in this organization. But his workplace was very toxic. It's awful. His the people he worked with, the things he said, the sexual harassments. I mean, just a, a plethora of 257 pages. I was reading through last night of. The whole situation, the transcripts, even yeah. with Bruce Allen, was yeah. a part of this, too. Mm-hmm. And so I, I think that has a lot of, to do with it. Dan uh, Gruden, again, was wrong for what he did, what he said, what he wrote. But Dan Snyder has to take some accountability, too. And I think the NFL is shielding Dan Snyder a lot, right? They got rid of <laughs> mm-hmm. Gruden in a matter of minutes, a matter do you think of Gruden seconds. Gruden should be
1: allowed to – how should I put this? Do you think he deserved to be let go? I know he resigned, but we all know he was yeah, fired. He was fired. Do you believe he deserved that? And do you believe he deserves another shot coaching in the NFL?
2: In the moment, again, we've all been put in situations in the moment. You, you, you make a decision, right? And you just make it to appease yeah. everybody, right? And, um, I think, again, Mark Davis is a, a, a great person. The one or two interactions I've had with him at his time here in Vegas seems like a reasonable person. Mm-hmm. And, um, I think, what Gruden did, they wasn't having the best season, right? I don't think the player, I think it had a, of a, the a, a factored in with the players. They was ready to get rid of, uh, you know, his $10 million a year contract, right? Right. Sure. So I think he did find a little way out to kind of just say, Hey, you know, we're going to, I'm going to pay you, but we're going to have you step down and we're going to bring somebody in. And I think, I think Gruden got, a harsh punishment and, and I'm all for second and third, third chances. Just me mm-hmm. personally, mm-hmm. but America sometimes, you know, uh, it depends on who you are, or what you look like. If you get a second or third chance, I think Gruden is a good coach again, just from a distance. I know people that know him personally have coached with him or under him have said he's, he loves football. He's passionate. He grew up around football and. To take his livelihood away for a mistake, right? We didn't. We haven't never really heard anything.
1: I agree with what you're saying. Here's where I think it could have gone a step further. I know he's filing lawsuits and all that stuff. Yeah. The man doesn't need money. No. Okay. No. <laughs> um, I understand he's upset that people leaked this stuff, but you're the person who said it, and he hasn't really owned it. Right. What I wanted to see or what I want to see from John Gruden and what's hindering that is are these lawsuits is him saying – I don't feel that way about women. I think women do a great job and, and they should be allowed to to uh, be officials in the NFL. I said some stupid – uh, comments about women, guy talk, which should never be condoned. And I don't feel that way about women. I don't feel that way about homosexuality either. You know, maybe give a story of a friend he has who's gay who can say, Yeah, John's not like that, blah, 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 blah. That's what I want to see from John Gruden. I haven't seen that from him. Yeah. Yeah, he might have said, you know, I'm sorry, I'm embarrassed, but that's not enough. Right, man. If you want to ever coach again, and I'm not even talking about the NFL, I'm talking about college, high school, anywhere he hasn't really owned it and it seems like all the uh people that defend him they all want to talk about where it was leaked and he's got a lawsuit okay fine you want to be angry at the people that leaked it that's fine but it's like you know what it reminds me of And, and this is the analogy that i'm going to use with you you have a wife or a husband or let's just say you know there's a woman that's very upset because her husband cheated on her you're going to be really angry at the woman But shouldn't you be more angry at your husband, right? Right. That's the analogy here. Okay, you're going to be angry at the person who leaked it, but shouldn't you take more ownership and be more angry at the person who did it, which was John Gruden, right? You can be angry at that woman and be jealous that your husband cheated on you with this chick and you could be angry at her. That's fine. But the real anger has to come from your husband. I talk about the Boston Celtics situation with their former coach, Mm -hmm. Nia Long. I get it. Nia Long is angry at the Boston Celtics organization for making this public and not handling it right. She has a right to be upset about that. But I feel like she's making more public comments and more angry about the Celtics than her own man who did this to her. And I'm like, listen, if you're if your dude that you wanted to spend the rest of your life with didn't do this, we wouldn't be talking about it, right? I feel the same way about John Gruden. Hey, John, I understand you got all these lawsuits and you want to be angry at Roger Goodell and you want to be angry at Dan Snyder. I understand that. You know, I understand that. But you shouldn't have said it to begin with. I mean, I'm just trying to be reasonable here. You know, it's like man up. He hasn't manned up saying, oops, I'm sorry. You know, sorry, I'm embarrassed by my behavior. Okay, well, let's expand. Why did you say those things? It's
2: not enough. Yeah, it's not enough. And, and, And one thing we are as people and Americans, we are very forgiving. Right. We sure. are very, but like what you just said is 100% correct. If he stood in front of a podium, like he did when he accepted that contract, right, <laughs> of $10 million, he didn't have a problem. He wasn't lost for words. He feels those emails were leaked, but the people that leaked them are the ones that fall. Mm-hmm. Not what I said. So that's how he's, he feels. I don't like that his attitude. And it's hard he feels you know, like that. And
1: I can't believe I'm going to do this, Mark. I'm going to defend Tiger Woods because yeah. obviously adultery and the things he did and the way he treated his ex-wife, horrible, right? Yeah. I think we all could agree, terrible, hundreds and hundreds of times. Yeah. And you can say maybe it was a PR stunt and he wanted to keep his sponsors. Fine. You can say that as well. But the man held the press conference. That's he account. apologized to everybody. That's he account. owned everything. He said he was embarrassed. He held a press conference just to apologize. Now, yes, he might have been pushed by his PR team. I don't care what the reasons were. Right. He did it. He John Gruden it. didn't do that. Did I believe it. if Gruden did that, that take a page from the Tiger Woods playbook. He was forgiven. Yeah. Okay, Tiger Woods was forgiven, right? He was. He's and looked at he as a hero now. No <laughs> yeah. He, he is a I mean, he, you know, people forget about that stuff. And 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 Tiger Woods does a lot of good stuff for charity and 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 I believe he's a good father and he's kind of turned his life around a little bit, he's still probably cheap and he's probably got all those personality traits, for the reason why some people don't like him. But he held that press conference and he owned everything. Got in front of While saying this is an issue between me and my wife, which he did say, he still apologized to his friends, his family, his sponsors, and he said he was embarrassed by his behavior. Very- and he owned it all, right? And, and I think you're right. I think we are a pretty forgiving culture, right? We are. Depending on what you do, yeah. John Gruden says, John Gruden said some stupid things. Do I think his <laughs> livelihood should be taken away? Absolutely not. Right. Do I think it was right for him to leave uh, and to be fired at that time? Yes, probably. But I would have no problem with him coaching again so long as he did what Tiger Woods did, yeah. which is hold a press conference for one reason and one reason only, not to call yourself a victim, not to talk about your lawsuits, but to actually own what you did. Explain why you said the things you said, and give your real thoughts on homosexuality and women in sports. If yeah. he did that, I am on board a hundred percent. Yeah. But now it's taken too long.
2: Of course. Are you we know? ready to? Will we accept it? It's like, taken too long. We would have been just serious. like I feel about
1: Kyrie Irving. Yeah. Right. Um. You know, while I'm glad Kyrie Irving eventually apologized, he only did it because it was financially. Uh. You know, <laughs> you can me. tell when somebody is truly sorry Genuine and when that. they're not. Yeah, yes. Right. Of course. Um, is Tiger Woods truly sorry for what he put his ex-wife through? I think he is. I actually believe him. I think he is sorry. I, I see him with his kids now and how much he loves his kids and his son. And I do believe he's sorry for what he did. I actually believe him. Um, Tiger had a bad childhood and I think his father wasn't the greatest example and he made a lot of mistakes, but, um, there's a lot of females that are big NFL fans a lot of people who happen to be gay that are big NFL fans. Heck, he coached some people on the team that were gay. Um, you can't do what he did. You can't represent an organization and and have those feelings and say the things he said. You certainly can't put it in ink, right? Right. right. Um.
2: I don't. And, and you know, another thing too. I mean, it, you know, it's now that I think people know exactly who leaked the the story and who's. Uh, why haven't we? uh got in start talking about Snyder, right, like he is like I said he's a bad guy he he's and he's but he still owns a team yeah. right and we got as like I said, we almost as a culture, and I'm talking black, white, green, whatever red, blue, yeah, we almost pick right which people or person that we want to kind of crucify and 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 really just kind of electrocute right and Dan Snyder's. What he's done as a, his own urban organization and compared to what John Gruden did, to me, Dan Snyder needs to be held accountable to what he did. And I think the NFL also is some accountability because they allow Dan Snyder to continue to run this organization, which is a multi-billion dollar organization. Does it mean because he has a lot of money, he's not going to get punished? But from what I've been reading, they said that he transferred... Hits ownership to his
1: wife. Right? Oh, okay. So, yeah.
2: quote unquote, he's not the day-to-day operator mm-hmm. no more. But again, John Gruden should he coach again? Will he coach again? That's not me or your decision. We don't know.
1: I think he right? will at the college level. I don't think it'll ever happen the like, When you, when you, uh, when like you, like
2: you said, until he comes forward.
1: Yeah, he has to done a that.
2: podium and say, "Look, I'm gonna tell. I'm gonna explain why." Because you're not text messaging. Sometimes we got his side, but what was who was the who was he talking to? Sam.
1: Unfortunately, the culture sometimes yeah in professional men's sports, particularly the NFL. Mm-hmm. And I say sometimes I'm not painting everybody to be bigots in the NFL. Sometimes when you want you're, you're this macho tough guy uh, NFL coach, player, whatever. Some a small minority of people look at women, and they use the term sissies, or, you know, they'll degrade women, and they don't want them in a men's sport. You'll hear the John Grudens talk like that, and it's wrong. And same thing with homophobia, that somehow because somebody is gay, they're not tough, or you're tougher than them. (laughs) You get that with these macho men pigs in sports in America. And not just this country. In a lot of other countries, it's much worse, but... You get that, and that culture needs to change. Right. It has to change because I can tell you right now I've worked as a 20-year basketball high school official i've been doing it for 20 years i've worked with some women that are much better than most of the men out there (laughs) yeah i've worked with women that are bad as well but it has nothing to do with their gender you know women are just as capable as men at officiating whether it be the nfl or high school basketball Uh, doesn't matter what your sexuality is either and um so gruden was wrong i think any reasonable person would admit that i agree with you he needs to come to the podium if he wants to coach ever again he needs to own... I want him to repeat the things he said, yes. and then I want him to respond yes. to Tell it. Us. Tell yeah. us! Here's what I said. What? Here's Say why it. I said it. Here's why I was wrong. I, I just want to hear that from him, and I think um we might have heard... His friends might have heard that behind closed doors, but I of want course. to hear that publicly. Now, the thing that frustrates me again is that he's got tons of money. Oh, yeah. He doesn't need to sue the NFL. I understand right. he's angry. I, I think this is a bad move. It's a bad PR yeah. move for him. Just move on already. Yes, yeah. somebody... Release this information, but you know what? These are your emails. Yeah. So if you want to say defamation of character, you did it to yourself. Yeah, he did. Um. So uh we'll see what happens, yeah, Mark. but
2: I, th- I think he's, you know, just to kind of close. I think he's again. I mean, you know, when you do have a, a family and you got a wife and you got kids, right? We 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 walk out of the house and we represent our family. Sure. We represent our name. Yeah. Right? That's how. Sure. We, and again, I mean, we've all made mistakes, right? But when you own that mistake or when you are apologetic about what you did you are we're, we're more open to forgive right as a society as america as business co-workers you're more open to say you know what if i messed up i messed up here's why i did it and a person has a understanding not just speculating why you did it then gruden could possibly be coaching somewhere uh ga somewhere he can't even get a tv job right now yeah. And that was where we've known Gruden, right? From his TV He's job. a personality. He, yeah. he can't even get uh, a job doing TV. He's not hurting for money, but society. It's still society fairly
1: soon. It's only been about a year, right? Uh, actually, it's been a little longer than that, hasn't it? A little over a year. Yeah, it's been a, 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 a little over a year. A little over a year. So let's give it a little bit more time. I hope he gets to the podium and does what we talked about. I don't think he will. Yeah. I don't think his ego will. His uh, team,
2: though. His, I mean, yeah. somebody from his team. If you or me was on his team, somebody that should would be been the it. first thing. I, I agree. Said. I agree. You're paying me. <laughs> Let's get to this podium. Americans are forgiving. Tell them why you did it. Own it. And then you'll
1: be at least forgiven. Agree 100%. I just don't think he's going to do that. But uh, anyway, we now know who uh, leaked those emails, and it is (laughs) Mr. Dan Snyder. Of course we know. He's the one who did it. And yeah, I wish he wasn't an owner. Mr. Snyder. Wish he wasn't an owner in the NFL uh, either. Uh, He shouldn't be around the NFL either, but we'll have to wait and see how this thing all plays out. All right. Here's what we're going to do we're going to take a quick break. Uh, I'll tell you something else. that didn't make the Raiders look very good. It was the, the game last night in the fourth quarter. What the hell happened? Ron Futrell, Channel 8 Sports, will be joining us next. He was out there in L.A. covering the game. What happened? We'll ask Ron that next. You're listening to Pushing the Limits right here on KSHP.
0: Hey, everybody. Are you struggling to find a pizza place that reminds you of Brooklyn? That true blue New York-style pie? Well, worry no more. Stallone's Italian Eatery Pizza is a knockout. We're located at 467 East Silverado Ranch Boulevard, just off of Premium Road, half a mile east of South Point Casino, just minutes from the Las Vegas Strip. Come by and grab a slice of pie. Plus, check out our Brooklyn-inspired Italian cuisine. Our sandwiches are super hero, that is, because why be a sub when you can be a hero? Stallone's Italian Eatery is here to serve you phenomenal food, Vegas. Forget about it.
1: Look, it's impossible for the average person to find a great attorney out there. There's so much misinformation. Now, let me introduce you to former Chief Deputy District Attorney Thomas Moskal. He was Las Vegas' top DUI prosecutor for years prosecuted the most high-profile DUI cases in Clark County. No one knows more about DUI law in Nevada. Just Google it. If you get charged with DUI, whether it's a misdemeanor or even more importantly, a felony, you need Thomas Moskal representing you, his relationships with the prosecutors and judges, and his knowledge of DUI law to work for you. So give him a call now or text him at 702 848-5555. It's your life and liberty that's at stake. Don't wait. Call now. That number again, 702-848-5555. Hey, everybody. It's Brian Shapiro from Pushing the Limits. I want to tell you guys about Sahara West Urgent Care and Wellness. They're conveniently located on the southwest corner of Sahara and Jones. They're open Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. and Saturday, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. At Sahara West Urgent Care, they'll take care of all your health care needs. They offer machine services such as physicals, STD testing, car accident treatment and work injuries. You name it, they do it. They have on-site x-ray, EKG, ultrasound and labs. They treat chronic conditions such as asthma, blood pressure, diabetes and more. They also offer general wellness exams, treatments such as testosterone enhancement and cancer screening. They're located on Sahara, 6125 West Sahara Avenue. Their number is 702-248-0554. And the best part, they accept most major insurances and affordable cash pay prices, office visits starting at just $95. And I'm also a client, so please give them a call. 702-248-0554. for the average person to find a great attorney out there. There's so much misinformation. Now, let me introduce you to former Chief Deputy District Attorney Thomas Moskal. He was Las Vegas's top DUI prosecutor for years. He prosecuted the most high-profile DUI cases in Clark County. No one knows more about DUI law in Nevada. Just Google it. If you get charged with DUI, whether it's a misdemeanor or even more importantly, a felony, you need Thomas Moskal representing you, his relationships with the prosecutors and judges, and his knowledge of DUI law to work for you. So give him a call now or text him at 702-848-5555. It's your life and liberty that's at stake. Don't wait. Call now. That number again,
0: 702-848-5555. Hey, everybody. Are you struggling to find a pizza place that reminds you of Brooklyn? That true blue New York-style pie? Well, worry no more. Stallone's Italian Eatery Pizza is a knockout. We're located at 467 East Silverado Ranch Boulevard, just off of Brimby Road, half a mile east of South Point Casino, just minutes from the Las Vegas Strip. Come by and grab a slice of pie. Plus, check out our brooklyn inspired Italian cuisine. Our sandwiches are super hero, that is, because why be a sub when you can be a hero? Stallone's Italian Eatery is here to serve you phenomenal food, Vegas. Forget about it.
1: everybody it's brian shapiro from pushing the limits i want to tell you guys about sahara west urgent care and wellness they're conveniently located on the southwest corner of sahara and jones they're open monday through friday 9 a.m to 9 p.m and saturday 9 a.m to 5 p.m At Sahara West Urgent Care, they'll take care of all your healthcare needs. They offer routine services such as physicals, STD testing, car accident treatment and work injuries. You name it, they do it. They have on-site x-ray, EKG, ultrasound, and labs. They treat chronic conditions such as asthma, blood pressure, diabetes, and more. They also offer general wellness exams, treatments such as testosterone enhancement, and cancer screening. They're located on Sahara, 6125 West Sahara Avenue. Their number is 702 248 0554. And the best part, they accept most major insurances and affordable cash pay prices, office visits starting at just $95. And I'm also a client, so please give them a call 702 248 0554. Look, it's impossible for the average person to find a great attorney out there. There's so much misinformation. Now, let me introduce you to former Chief Deputy District Attorney Thomas Moskal. He was Las Vegas's top DUI prosecutor for years. He prosecuted the most high-profile DUI cases in Clark County. No one knows more about DUI law in Nevada. Just Google it. If you get charged with DUI, whether it's a misdemeanor or even more importantly, a felony, you need Thomas Moscow representing you, his relationships with the prosecutors and judges, and his knowledge of DUI law to work for you. So give him a call now or text him at 702-848-5555. It's your life and liberty that's at stake. Don't wait. Call now. That number again, 702-848-5555. Hey everybody, it's Brian Shapiro from Pushing the Limits. I want to tell you guys about Sahara West Urgent Care and Wellness. They're conveniently located on the southwest corner of Sahara and Jones. They're open Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. and Saturday, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. At Sahara West Urgent Care, they'll take care of all your health care needs. They offer routine services such as physicals, STD testing, car accident treatment and work injuries, you name it, they do it. They have on-site x-ray, EKG, ultrasound, and labs. They treat chronic conditions such as asthma, blood pressure, diabetes, and more. They also offer general wellness exams, treatments such as testosterone enhancement and cancer screening. They're located on Sahara, 6125 West Sahara Avenue. Their number is 702-248-0554. And the best part, they accept most major insurances and affordable cash pay prices, office visits starting at just $95. And I'm also a client, so please give them a call. 702-248-0554.
6: a great time your entertainment destination the south point invites you to experience the ultimate great time under one one roof bowling dancing a live show a movie delicious dining and one of south point's 11 restaurants so much to see so much to do you won't know where to start first this week make it a south point week and discover for yourself why the south point is your entertainment destination
0: for a great time
1: All right, welcome back. It is Pushing the Limits on a Friday. Getting geared up for uh, VGK back in action tonight at T-Mobile Arena against the Philadelphia Flyers. I don't know, is Eric Lindros coming back to town? I don't know. Too many concussions for him. And then, of course, uh, tomorrow UNLV Hoops in action. Eastern, is it no Washington State? They're playing Washington State tomorrow, and then the game after is a. Boy, that's a good one. All due respect to UNLV, we got Indiana in town. The Hoosiers are in town, uh, and uh, of course, uh, Indiana is going to be playing Arizona, the Wildcats. So that's going to be a big game, and then V.G.K. back in action on Sunday. The Boston Bruins coming to town. Good Boston Bruins team. So it's going to be a fun sports weekend once again. Uh, before we get to any of the positive stuff, let's get to the negative stuff. And that's why I always love having Ron Futrell on now. <laughs> I'm just kidding, Ron. Uh, obviously, the Raiders, uh, very disappointing loss yesterday on the road in L.A. And uh, joining me right now on the line, the man, the myth, the legend himself, Ron Futrell, traveling with Chris Matthews, the tag team from Channel 8. Mr. Futrell, how's it going, my friend?
7: Hey, we're driving back. Uh, from L.A. After that, the, I don't know if you saw the, the Raiders had a game last night. If you were you <laughs> aware? Yeah, I was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. No, they played a game last night in L.A. against the defending Super Bowl champs. And uh, oh, Baker. <laughs> uh, it's funny thing, like, like Baker Mayfield the quarterback, he can't do anything, can he? Is he washed <laughs> up?
1: So, Ron, you were there, right? We saw it on television, but you and Chris Matthews, you guys were there covering the game. What yeah. the hell did that look like? What happened in the final five minutes of that football game? And why were they so conservative with the play calling against a bad team? What happened to Derek Carr? He just imploded in that game. He was terrible. I mean, as a whole, what was it like watching that in real time live out there in L.A.?
6: I'm going to say what happened in the last three and a half minutes of that game. When the Raiders get the ball back, because they
1: were trailing 16-3, to
6: three with 12 minutes to go, and then the uh, Rams go on a 17-play drive that eats up nine minutes, where you're saying, oh, that's good. It's eating up some time, but it ends in a touchdown. So then the Raiders get the ball back, and they dive into the line three straight times with uh, Josh Jacobs. Eats up, you know, very little time, whatever. They get the ball back. They punt. Carlson gets it inside the two-yard line. they got to go 98 yards, the Rams do. And uh, Ron and I were talking about this driving down. Ron, that hasn't happened in a decade when a team's done something like that. So th- this, as you'll talk about, this is a biblical collapse. So let's talk was about. I'm going to call it. I'm going to go Old Testament on
7: you, Brian. here. I know your your show is PT, PTL. I love that acronym because it was. I used to watch a show called the PTL Club. Um, I don't know if you're even familiar with it. it I'm not. No. You're familiar with the PTL? So you stole their acronym, by the way. I guess I did.
4: Episode.
1: Here's a, well, let me ask you guys this though. Uh, both of you. Derek Carr was terrible yesterday. I mean, the pick he threw in the end zone was one of the worst throws I've, ever, I've seen a quarterback make all year. Wh- how is it that Derek Carr can have a game like he had against the Chargers, a game on the road against Seattle where they get a nice win there? And we see Derek Carr back to his old tricks. I mean, is this the Derek Carr? Is this the real Derek Carr? Because I thought he was absolutely terrible yesterday.
6: Well, and, and here's, a, here's the thing that we were talking about driving back on this I-15 North is Derek Carr, Devont, you got Devontae Adams on your team, and you you only throw the ball to him three times in a game. He has three receptions, zero in the second half, if I'm correct. Is that right, Ron? I think it was zero. Yeah, he might have been
7: thrown to a couple of – he was only four – Derek Carr only threw four passes in the second half, so it's you ripped Eric Carr. I'll join you in that. But at the same time, the play calling was yeah. so conservative Josh McDaniels is, yeah, you yeah, know, he's the guy that's, oh, protect the lead, protect the lead. Well, you've blown the lead now for in trying to protect the lead yep. and play this pre defense. Um, and, and then on offense doing, trying to run the clock. It has failed miserably four times. That's historic in NFL stuff. You know, it's um, it, it, it's not the plague of locusts. It's not the river of blood and toads coming out. And it's, <laughs> so, I'm probably exaggerating with the Old Testament comparisons here of a, <laughs> a, a typical proportion collapse. But it's pretty darn. It's pretty darn. by NFL portions. It proportions it's it's the collapse. And you
6: know, look- so the Raiders did. Yeah, the Raiders actually did part the Red Sea. <laughs> oh, <and> the Rams <laughs> went <right now. laughs> been
1: safety. You guys are hilarious. Uh, Chris Matthews and Ron Fuchel, Channel 8 Sports, a joy. uh, Talking to them about the game yesterday, which was not much of a joy. Here's the part I don't understand, gentlemen. There's a lot I don't understand about that game yesterday, but this is a must-win game. If you want any chance at all of being in the conversation of maybe having an opportunity to play postseason, you had to win against an atrocious football team. We said that against Jacksonville, right? With that loss, we said it against the Saints and that loss that, Chris, you were at, as was I. How is it possible that you lose this football game? It's not like they played a I I disagree with Max Crosby, and he says, well, we played a pretty good football game, but we just didn't finish it. No, you didn't. You should have been up 30-3. to You didn't play a good football game. Derek Carr couldn't throw a touchdown pass. How is it that you're not, again, you don't seem ready, you don't seem very prepared, lackadaisical, how is it that they weren't playing like a team that should have been playing for a desperate team to try to get into the postseason?
6: You know, one of the big problems the Raiders have had, not only this year, but last year, their red zone offense is atrocious. They settle for threes. Uh, I think, I, I don't know, what's the rank? 28 40, out of 32? Yeah, it's 46% of the time they get a touchdown. Yeah, so they, I mean, they, that third, that red zone offense is absolutely atrocious. They got to improve on that. I don't know how they do that, but I, I don't know if it's play calling, mixing things up, doing something different, but getting players in there that can actually make plays. Yeah. But you have the best receiver in the NFL and he has three targets. How many times this year have we said you got to go to Derek Carr? You got to go to Derek Carr. Here's my thing, Brian. I've said I, I was telling Ron this today. What I want to see out of Derek Carr is more Brett Favre. I want to see him take more chances. I want to see him be a gunslinger. Maybe he gets picked off a few more times. I want to see him do more, more of that. Take some more chances. Risk your risk the uh, the opportunities to make a big play more often than not. I want to see more Brett Favre and Derek
1: Carr. I agree with you, but you also put some of the responsibility on the play calling because I agree with Ron. I, I just thought the play calling was was terrible yesterday. I, I think it, it's both ways, and I agree with you, Chris. I think I want to see Derek Carr throw the ball more downfield as well, but I just think the play calling was so conservative and so gross yesterday. I think that's also a big part of it. Yeah,
7: yeah, yeah, this was against a bad, remember this is against a bad Rams team. They may have won the Super Bowl last year, but they don't have, Aaron Donald was not there. Yeah. Obviously didn't have Matthew Stafford at quarterback and had other injuries with this team, but they were bad even before the injuries hit this Rams team. Yeah, they were, they were, had problems before then. So, so that, that said, this is, this was, they were favored by five and a half. Okay. And they were going to cover that spread. I know, Brian, you pay attention to those sort of things.
1: <laughs> I do, uh, unfortunately. <laughs> <sort
7: of>. Yeah. <laughs> I've heard you pay attention to some of those things, you know, <laughs> uh, and, and they, yeah, they still couldn't beat this bad Rams team. I did. Oh, I do want to let you know and let your viewers know. I brought back in the car with me a bunch of Baker Mayfield 17 Rams jerseys that I'm selling. <laughs> if you want them. Um, <laughs> I, I think they're probably going to be they're First of all, they, I got to sell them quickly because he yeah. probably won't be with the team for very long. On the way Nobody
1: back, on the way back, did you also take any Gavin Newsom signs? I'm sorry, don't answer that horrible joke. Uh, I, I don't go there, Ron. <laughs> You're I ran, I,
7: I ran over him and destroyed him. Is what I said.
1: <laughs> I, thought, <laughs> I thought you might have done that, Ron Futrell, Chris Matt. <laughs> <Road>. <laughs> <All right. laughs> Ron Futrell, Chris Matthews, Channel 8 joining us. They're on their way back from LA which was a embarrassing loss yesterday. Alright, uh, on a positive note I think we have to give Josh Jacobs a, a lot of credit, right gentlemen? He had a couple injuries uh, did everything he could out there. Uh, I think you have to give him uh, some credit. Uh, with that note, now the New England Patriots are coming to down and Bill Belichick um, I'm not going to say with a straight face that the Raiders should win this football game I don't know if they do guys
6: yeah, I don't hmm. know. I mean, it's going to be tough. They got four more games left. How about a winning season? That's, I mean, that's the hope, most you can hope for now, right? A winning right. season. Right. After all the. T- well, and New England needs this
7: win more than the Raiders do. Certainly, New England's fighting for a playoff spot right now. They need some good things to happen for them to get there, but they're in the mix right now. And these are two buddies. Okay. We're talking Belichick and Josh McDaniel. I'm not saying this is going to be a Brian Callahan slash, um, uh, 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 let's see, Super Bowl 2002, 2003, that year when the Raiders played Tampa Bay and Josh Gruden was on the other sideline and the coaching against his good buddy Brian Callahan, and the Raiders sort of blew that game, some say through that game.
2: <laughs> yeah.
7: <laughs> yeah. Of, re, Brian, were you, you were alive then, weren't you during that Super Bowl
1: you remember? Barely. That Super Bowl barely. I last was. One that- it's barely alive. Yeah. Yes, I was barely, barely alive. Barely. So I got to ask both you guys this, uh, very busy sports weekend. What are the channel eight boys covering this weekend? Of course, we got the Vegas Golden Knights in action tonight. We've got UNLV in Washington state, big college basketball game for UNLV tomorrow. And then following, of course, a mega game with Arizona and uh, Indiana. And then of course, VGK back in action against a very good Boston Bruin team Sunday afternoon. So where are you guys going to be at this weekend?
7: Chris and I are going golfing in Perump. right? He told me how to find that. <laughs> golfing in Perump. We're, we're getting
1: out of here. We got, uh, what? The sports to cover this weekend? Wait, when you go Come to Perump, that's what you do? Oh, I didn't know that. <laughs> <laughs> that's what we do. It. Yeah.
7: Chris tells me there's a pretty nice golf course there. There is, uh, actually. <laughs> there is.
1: Chris so, Wynn, we- by the way, Chris Wynn taught Chris Matthews how to play video poker. I don't know if I'm allowed to say that.
6: Wow, oh no, it's, it's a tough <laughs> game. I... And remember, I walked away with $90. He what?
1: did, he did, slot free play. And Chris Wynn was his teacher. It was, it was exciting. Yeah, yeah Chris, yeah, yeah that's me, true. It is. <laughs> oh, but let me say this, over my right shoulder
6: on a machine right behind me, over my right shoulder, yes. was a guy named Brian Shapiro who that's won
1: $2,100. That's true, Whoa! that's true, that's true. I wish it was $2 million. That's, <laughs> that's a true story. That is, that is, that so, that is, that is actually yeah, a true yeah. story.
7: All those things you mentioned, we'll be covering it between, uh, Kevin e. Martin Barton and Logan Reaver and us. We'll, we'll get them all covered somehow. We got Raiders shows on Sunday morning again that we uh, do the Raiders pregame live. is fun at eight o'clock Sunday morning. Check that out. And then, uh, we've got game on, game on at 1130 on Sunday night and then all the sports cast between. So a lot to do. We do sort of have a Sunday off because we don't have our. Our sports wrap that we do following the Raiders game because the Raiders aren't playing this Sunday. Correct.
1: Yeah. Maybe that's so, a good thing. Maybe that's a good thing. Let's take a couple <laughs> they, days off. <laughs>
7: they, well, they are walking. Uh, they are, Brian. Uh, this is, I'm going to give you a little bit of a scoop here. We saw the team right around Victorville, the In and Out burger there, uh, getting lunch because they're walking there, that they're, they're making the walk back to Vegas. Um, there was they're walking from Victorville.
1: Wow. Wow.
7: No, they're walking from L.A. They were only to Victorville by the time we drove through. But the Raiders, the the team has had to walk back to Las Vegas. Um, Just sort of the the penalty. Just think about what happened. Just think, guys, we want you to. So I'm guessing by now they might be to Barstow.
1: I don't know. By the time Uh, they get back to Vegas, Bill Belichick might be in town. I don't know. (laughs) well gentlemen uh two sports anchor legends chris matthews and ron futrell and two good friends Uh, both of you guys drive safely and uh look forward to seeing you guys this weekend at some of these events i know i'll see you out there and i appreciate you guys coming on as always uh, thank you so much and uh look forward to your coverage on channel eight this weekend okay
7: all right thanks brian appreciate it brian remember PTL, and I don't mean pushing the limits. <laughs> Fair I'm enough. Doing, praise the Lord. I keep doing the PTL club. Be
1: careful running all over all those Gavin Newsom signs, right? Be careful. <laughs> 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 all right, gentlemen, you guys right. drive safe. Good, good to hear from you guys. Love those guys. They're the best. Chris Matthews and Ron Futrell, uh, they really do a great job uh, covering uh, what is all the, the, the craziness and all the sports here in Las Vegas. Two really good guys, too, by the way. That is true, by the way. I did play golf with Chris Matthews in Pahrump. Chris is not a bad golfer by the way. Uh by the way, Chris Matthews, Chris win on the other hand, not very good. Not a very good golfer. Uh he'll be the first one to admit that. Uh but we had a lot of fun out there on the golf course. We had a good time. Chris Matthews has uh been in Vegas for uh, maybe longer than I've been. He's been here a long time and he'd never played a video poker machine and uh Chris Wynn gave him a, uh, a lesson on how to play and Chris won a little bit of money. So I'm, that's true. He won like 90 bucks. Uh, by the way, Ron Futrell says, I'm, I, I know what the spreads are and stuff. Trust me. Ron Futrell knows what the spreads are too. All right. I'm just, I'll leave it at that. Ron knows what's going on with those gambling lines. Um, why are we so secretive about gambling lines now? You know, it's interesting because the match. Uh, you remember Tiger Woods, Phil Mickelson, they have these matches on TNT, golf matches, and I went to the first one and I'll never forget it for the rest of my life. I saw Tiger play Phil. Um, interesting gambling note, they had the press conference for the latest match, which I will not be watching, but it's Tiger Woods and Rory McIlroy, two legends, facing off against two youngins and uh, Jordan Spieth and Justin Thomas. Uh, very funny moment in that press conference. I wish I had the audio of it, we don't have time, but really funny moment where Justin Thomas is is saying well we're acting like we're the underdogs here and we're going to we we we're, we're, we're approaching it that way and then Rory McIlroy says wait underdogs the bookmakers have you guys as the favorites, which, by the way, is true. And, uh, and then Justin Thomas says, well, yeah, that's true. The bookies know what they're doing. I just thought it was a funny moment. You would have never heard that 10 or 20 years ago where you had professional athletes in an event that's, you know, where there's a line or a spread or whatever you want to call it. And they're actually talking about it in the press conference. And the match is going to be played on Saturday. Tiger Woods can barely walk, but because he has a cart, he's able to play in this Event, uh, I'm going with the actual real underdogs. I think Tiger Woods and Rory McIlroy beat the snot out of Justin Thomas and Jordan Speed. So yes, uh, I might be making a small wager on the match this weekend. Uh, the Vegas Golden Knights are in town tonight. Back in town, I should say, and so are the Philadelphia Flyers. I don't know if that's going to be Eric Desjardins, Ron Hextel, Eric Lindros. That's back in the day when... I used to watch the Philadelphia Flyers come to town to play my Hartford Whalers. Very different Philadelphia team that's struggling now. I'm going to go ahead and say this. If you're the Vegas Golden Knights, you have to win this game tonight. After what happened the other night against the Rangers, this is a bad Philadelphia Flyers team. You are a superior team. You've had a day's rest now. No excuses about travel. This is a game that you have to win, and I'm not talking about 1-0 or 2-1. you got to win this game handily tonight. Score three or four or five goals even. Let's go crazy tonight and uh, get a big win uh, and, and get back on the W track. Folks, I, that's a wrap. I want to thank uh, Mark Hayes for helping me out all week as he's done a wonderful job. Uh, and uh, also enjoy talking uh, with uh, Mark with his football expertise as a former Division One college football player i want to thank all my guests today ron futrell chris matthews former presidential candidate joe walsh they are all awesome Uh, i'm happy to have my friends on this show as i do all the time and they're great guests guess who we're having on the show next week roger stone is going to be joining us among many others so that should be interesting thanks for joining us everybody have a great weekend we'll see you monday